0: welcome to the pure creative force podcast i'm christy mcnab your host there's a pulse of creativity running through each of us it's our job to honor and activate it creativity is the antidote to the ills struggles and challenges we see in our lives and the world around us the act of creating and bringing forth something new dissolves the old and useless ways Join us and discover how to unleash the pure creative force within. Hear from fellow creators about their process and learn how to keep elevated. Be inspired to go create. In today's episode, I interview Amina McDoom, success coach and consultant and master manifester. Amina works with individuals and corporations focusing on lifting and inspiring others to achieve their dreams. She shares her own process to create and bring forth miracles in her life, how and why she started the Joy Challenge, and how the simple practice of non-suffering opened up time and space for her to focus on creating something even better in the world. Here's our interview. Welcome to the Pure Creative Force podcast, Amina. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. We're excited to have you. Tell me a little bit about your background and how you've used the pure creative force to achieve success.
1: So one of the things I was thinking since you were so gracious to invite me onto the show was about this whole concept of having this job right out of college and Working your way up and then finally at some point in time getting to use your gifts and do something that you love to do And being able to be creative and use this creative energy and one of the things that I realized was It's not about waiting for the right time to start using your creative energy It's about a conscientious choice every single day to bring yourself whatever that means bring you fully into the equation so i started my career off right out of college um, working for a large management consulting firm very prominent it was having graduated college and getting an offer from accenture which is where i work was like the equivalent of having made it like it was a big deal you know my colleague my other graduates were like oh my goodness i can't believe you made it all of this other stuff and i got to accenture and what i realized right away was that I spent a good part of my first year editing documents and photocopying. Um, so here I had this big flashy job and everyone was so impressed by me. And I was literally till up till two or three in the morning making photocopies, but I had so much fun. I think back on that time and I worked hard. I worked hard doing stuff that wasn't really difficult to do, but I had so much fun because I was really bringing, my organizational skills, my ability to turn pretty much anything in my life into some sort of a game, which we'll talk about in terms of what I do now, but I brought all of that into something as mundane as photocopying. And so I started my career um, in consulting after a very short period of time, about seven years, I was completely burned out and I didn't see where my future was in consulting. And so I took a break, a leave of absence and a break. And by accident, that break turned into starting my own business. I was not a conscious creator of my business. It was uh, being in the flow of life and opportunities that presented themselves. And so I was doing consulting and then I did that and my joke was every two years I had a new business because every two years I'd learn something new and add that. When it's your own business, you can do that. You know, you can add a new spice. It's like making a, a, a traditional spaghetti sauce and then, you know, two years later saying, oh, let me try this. Oh, I love this. Okay, this is, I've got this new version of it. And so I had new versions of my business, um, which led me to Uh, What I'm doing now, which is a lot of online programs, mostly through Facebook, and a creation of a program called the 30-Day Joy Challenge, which is focused on doing one thing every day that brings you joy just for two minutes. It can be dancing around your house for two minutes, listening to your favorite song, while having an intention to set a very large life goal, but not doing any work. No effort. So the tagline is 0% effort, 100% return.
0: Awesome. So talk a little bit, what shifts and changes have you seen with the participants of the Joy Challenge?
1: It's absolutely amazing because, you know, when I tell people do you, the commitment, and, it is, and I call it a challenge, I use that word very specifically, and I, I explain to people that the commitment is to do one thing every day for at least two minutes that brings you joy. And not do any work whatsoever towards your goal. Most people find it unbelievable. Think, okay, well, this you know <laughs> sounds like this could be some could be fun. I'll try it. I learned a few things. One, it's very hard to do one thing for yourself every single day for thirty days. Shockingly, you, even if it's even two for years, two minutes, even for two minutes, it's absolutely shocking to do that. Second, it's really hard to really, really want something and have a big goal and not do any, not think about it or think what should I be doing or who should I be calling or should I be getting up and exercising, should I eat this, should I not eat that? The amount of time we spend in in making a decision to do something we don't really wanna be doing every day, I I think there's actually a study out there that says we spend 25% of our waking hours deciding against the thing that we want to do. So I want to go for a walk, but I should finish this email before I go. That that decision that just just that 30 seconds it takes, we spend 25% of our waking hours doing that. So that's a big thing that came out of it. And what I think is the biggest surprise is a lot of people get their goals in 30 days. Usually people with big, crazy, audacious goals are the ones that get them in 30 days. And some people, it takes 60 or 90 days, but what they get in 30 days is this renewed confidence and ability to follow their own inner joy, which they realize, they, they get all these other things, like maybe it's not their exact goal, but they get like a phone call from someone that's going to lead to something else, or, you know, their goal was to make money, but they meet a guy, you know, or you know, they get something else that's just equally important. They make friends, they have a community and they realize they did all this by just enjoying life.
0: It's amazing. It is amazing. And I love it because it just takes you out of your head. I mean, it absolutely takes you out of your head and into your heart. Well, it's just the whole idea of shaking up the energy yeah, behind it. And
1: exactly. then
0: when you've got that vi- vibration around you, who knows what you can attract?
1: big things happen in that energetic space. Yeah. And that's, that's what people I think don't realize, or even if people who know that it's, it's hard to believe that to be true. Yet I know in your experience and my experience, it's, that's everything. It's, mm-hmm. it's not something, it's not one ingredient. It's the main ingredient
0: mm-hmm. in,
1: in life and in a successful life is the energy you bring to it.
0: Yeah. And I loved what you shared earlier about early on in your career that just the energy you brought to even photocopying and that it's just whatever is in front of you show up and have fun with it exactly. bring joy to it and the door is open for you. you you know you took a break from your job but it's all because you were in that vibration of I'm going to make the best of this and have a good absolutely. time absolutely and I think that's one of the best pieces of advice for anyone feeling stuck or I'm not in the right job or I can't find my purpose. If you show up 100% and give to what's ever right in front of you, then the doors will open or then, you know, choices will come or people will come into your life or opportunities will come knocking.
1: Absolutely. And you know what? Here's the thing. You know, I spend a lot. I, I have spent and I feel like I do spend a good amount of my time feeling stuck. I mean, that is not, I'm very,
0: you? Successful.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you say, I was like, how do I say this politely? I'm very successful and I'm happy and I have a great life. But the truth is I spend a lot of my time stuck and I learned a while ago to really embrace the stuckness. I, I think when I'm stuck, something really big is about to happen and I need I need to just be photocopying for a little while so that I can have the mental energy and the physical energy and all of that for whatever is to come. Um, So I would say to anyone who's feeling stuck, just be stuck. It's not gonna last forever. It hasn't. Look back on your life, all the times you felt stuck, it never lasts forever. So, you know, if you're stuck, just be stuck. And um, what I do in, in the cases where I'm stuck is I pray for other people's happiness. Yeah. So that is my way of getting, a, I feel like I'm giving to somebody else by praying that they're happy. I, I You know, if, if I'm stuck on a client, I've had clients that, you know, have been more difficult than necessary to work with. And I pray that they're successful in their business and good things happen to them. And I just pray for their happiness because it it comes back to me when it's time to be unstuck, which happens by itself. When it's time to be unstuck, um, all that comes back.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's a great piece of advice. As a success coach and a trainer, you're consistently guiding clients to access their best selves and bring forth change and the results they want in their lives. How do you help people access their pure creative force?
1: Well, I loved this question for two reasons. First, I love how you say, how do you help people access their pure creative force? I think some people think you have to go out there and build it or develop it. And that is not true. It is, it a hundred percent exists within you right this moment. It is a choice. You, it's a light switch. You either turn it on or you turn it off, but this, the decision to turn it on or off is 100% within you. And so I love that, how do you help them access it, not build it, not create it, access it. It's already there. And I would say that the way that I help people access that is to remove all of their own beliefs that get in their way to get there. And the way that I do that is I remind people of who they are. And I do that as a rule, if you will, or as a practice, a consistent practice in my coaching practice. But I would actually encourage every single person, we are, every one of us has the ability to do this for anybody else on the planet, whether it's uh, your child, uh, your significant other, a coworker, or a complete stranger on the street. When you remind people of the truth of who they are, which is they're already complete. We, we came into this world complete and whole and full. You don't have to read another book. You don't have to watch another blog or a video or take another class. You've got everything you need right now to access your full potential. All those other things will only help you get there faster, fuller, enjoy the ride. Lots of reasons that you do those things, but it's not because you need it. You're complete and full and whole right in this moment, so I remind people of that, and that's really all I need to do. I mean, I feel like my coaching practice is the easiest thing ever because I literally am just reminding people, "Hey, you can handle this you've got this this is this isn't a big deal and um, Christy, you know this about me? I love giving advice and, uh, and <laughs> I love to give advice and um, I get a lot of positive feedback on the advice that I give. But as I've gone deeper and deeper into my own learning and my own growth, I've just realized that there's really not much to say other than you've got this. And sometimes we all, every single one of us, I know I need it. I'm sure you do too. We, we all have coaches we work with. Sometimes we just need a reminder. We need to be able to pick up the phone and somebody say, hey, yeah, I know that. Yeah, that does sound really difficult. But, you know, you're bigger than that. You'll figure it out. And that's all it takes for your, the, the light to, light switch to go back from off to on. And then you're back in the flow. I, I talk a lot about being in the flow, which is being checking in with yourself and being your true self your solution, whatever your individual solution is, is going to be 10,000 times better than the best advice I could possibly give.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's also an attribute to you. You're showing up and you've done your work or you're doing your work every day. Exactly. So you get to be the mirror. Right. It's reminding people who they are, but because it's a, you can reflect back because you do that work yourself.
1: Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's... Uh, I don't feel like that's a choice. I feel like in life, you either can willingly go and, and look at yourself and do the work, or you will be put into situation after situation after situation, where you will at some point be down on your knees and go, okay, fine. I'll look at myself. <laughs> and I've done Surrender. Both. <laughs> yes.
0: yes, I've been in both scenarios. <laughs> awesome. You are the sunshine manifestor. <laughs> what's what's your manifestation creation process?
1: So, you know, I started out like many people in the law of attraction world with the movie The Secret and the three step ask receive uh ask believe receive. And um over time I I tweaked this and came up with a six step process. And I realized that in order to manifest anything, you have to come back to this notion that I've been talking about the entire interview, which is your whole complete and full right in this moment. You're not lacking. So um, I have a six-step process. The first step is gratitude. And gratitude helps you realize that whatever, the dream home, the dream car, the dream man, the dream job, the dream bank account number, whatever it is, even if you were never to receive that in your entire life, you would not be any less complete or any less whole. Your life would not be lesser than, it would not be lacking. And when you can get into that true mindset that um, I'm already whole and manifest from that place, it's powerful and it's quick. So that's the first step. The second step is the ask. And what I find in manifesting is a lot of folks are not 100% clear and or maybe scared to get 100% clear one or the other on what they really want. So they'll tell me all the things they don't want or they'll tell me a smaller version of what they want because it's hard, they feel uncomfortable or it is uncomfortable to say um, what they really want. I'm doing in one of my groups right now, we're doing setting goals and, it's uh, September right now. And between now and the end of the year, I said, I'd like to make $70,000. And that was hard. I mean, I do this for a living. And it was, I posted that on Facebook in a closed group. I don't know if I could go publish <laughs> that, baby steps, but I posted on, on a closed group and I thought, oh my gosh, what are people going to think? And, and that number's crazy for me. I've never done it before, but I believe it's totally possible for myself. So that, that second step of A, being really clear what you want, and B, being able to really stand in, no, this is what I I want, 70,000. I don't want 40. I don't want 20. I want 70. Now, if I got 20, I'd be happy, but I want 70. And then the next step is to actually take action. Um, I think some people, when they manifest, just think it's going to just automatically happen. And somebody will call and say, hey, I've got a great speaking opportunity for you. And we're going to send you here and we'll pay you $70,000 and this, that, the other. And do you want to do it? And I'm like, well, I said, I just wanted the check to show up in the mail. It's like, no, that was it. That was the opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) And it, it sounds funny, but people do it all the time. They just, they miss the opportunity that happens. My fourth step over here is to release it. And just just let it go. It goes back to the gratitude step. You're complete. Whether I, I get this goal or I don't get this goal, I'm 100% complete. And then finally, receive. And I have found, you know, I call myself a master manifester. I know, Christy, you've been with me on my journey to go from uh, practicing manifesting to becoming a master manifester. And all of these steps right here, the gratitude and the clarity and the taking action are a big part of those three ingredients that I added in to the three-step process to make it a six-step process make a big difference. Mm -hmm.
0: What are some of the biggest obstacles you see with clients when it comes to manifesting and creating something new?
1: I think really, I would say really it's the clarity. And, um, you know, I talk about gratitude. I think I have some folks who are trying to manifest some big things and uh, they've got a good life by most people's standards. I'm talking the average American standards they have, a nice house, a a good, a well-paying job, a nice car, cute clothes. I mean, they've got, by most people's standards, a really good life, but they see their life as so much less than so lacking and i'm talking by american standards they have a good life and americans by the world standards has a really good life and so i really think that whole gratitude for really simple clean water to drink i mean just just do a 30-day practice on gratitude for clean water to drink and you're going to get to see how much better your life is in your, in your quote unquote worst circumstance, how much better your life is than a big chunk of the humans that live on earth. Um, so I don't say that in a way to make people feel guilty. I just, I, sometimes I think it's a reality check. I just saw, uh, I haven't watched it yet, but I loved the, the little tagline on Facebook. I saw um, a TED talk that said, instead of looking for happiness, look for a way for your life to have purpose and have meaning because there's so much more, that, that vibration, that energy for living a purposeful, meaningful life is so much better than living a happy life. And I, I use happy as convenient happy, the house, the car, the things life. Um, a purpose-driven life is mm-hmm. just has a lot more to it. So that, that's what I, I really, when I say gratitude, I mean really get into wow, I'm pretty much the king of the world. And sure, we'll just add 70,000 to it.
0: (laughs) Why not? Very powerful. (laughs) Where do you go for inspiration? Lots of places. I think the biggest place that
1: I go for my inspiration is um, children. I think just the fact that their persistence, their love of life, their laughter, their insights. I happen to have some amazing nieces and nephews in my life who since they were very young, were just wise old souls. And I think when I start to get unsure or unaware of myself, a a simple conversation with any one of them just kind of puts me right back on track. I definitely am a student of A Course in Miracles, and that teaching has been very powerful for me, and there's been a couple of really big books, I think, that have changed my life. Anita Morjani's Dying to Be Me has been a very powerful influence. Michael Singer, The Surrender Experiment, as well as Untethered Soul has had big influences on me. I think very much spiritual. I'm I'm currently reading my first book on Buddhism, so the eightfold path and I just got, I haven't even cracked it open yet. It literally came yesterday in the mail. So I think the, the more, um, more spiritual traditions, but really I'm learning, and this is, this has been kind of my, my next challenge and my next growth opportunity, I'm really learning much more to go inside for my inspiration than than look around. It's it's much easier to look around. I much prefer looking around than going inside, but I find that when I go inside, the answers are 10,000 times more powerful than any book Mm -hmm. I've ever read. Mm
0: -hmm. And you are inspired by Walking Labyrinths. I am, I love Walking (laughs) Labyrinths. (laughs) I love
1: walking and I love Walking Labyrinths, yes.
0: What's been your biggest lesson or lessons learned in the last year? I think my biggest
1: lesson that I have learned in the last year is the difference between knowing a practice and really experiencing a practice. So in the past year, one of the big things I've taken on is a practice of what I call non-suffering. And it's a practice that really is taking your power back. Controlling your reaction. There's a number of ways to say it. I call it a non-suffering. It sounds Buddhist to me to call it a non non non-suffering practice. And clearly, I'm into that these days. So I think that's why I call it that. But um, I made a decision that no matter what happens in my life, I am going to make a conscious decision to not suffer because of it. I've had a lot fun with this one, Christy. I, the first week that I did it, I had some just weird, like bizarre social interaction. Like here's a minor example. We went over to someone's house for dinner for a barbecue and they hadn't, when we got there, I was starving and they hadn't defrosted the meat yet for dinner. And then- (laughs) The woman's like i have to run out and she's like do you mind defrosting the meat and so i'm like at somebody's who i don't know like it's not like coming to your house where like i know you i don't even know these people and i'm like in their kitchen like just weird like these are weird things that don't happen and i started to create a big story about it in my mind because i'm a storyteller and it's part of my personality and then i was like oh yeah i forgot i'm not suffering and so i just got present and defrosted me and we had a wonderful time at the barbecue. <laughs> You know what I realized from that practice was how bored I got. Because when I chose to not suffer, I wasn't telling stories. And when I wasn't telling stories, I didn't know what to, I watched so much TV that month because I didn't know what to do with myself. I was like, well, if I'm not going to call my best friend and be like, you won't believe what just happened and I went to this barbecue, I'm not going to do that because I'm not going to suffer. So nothing happened. So there's no story to tell and my best friend called me and she's like, Hey, so what's going on? And I'm like, nothing, nothing's going <laughs> on. This is so boring. <laughs> so you know what that opened up, it, it took a little while for the practice, but it opened up creativity and I started writing and I started writing stories that have more like parables that have meaning to them. And that's really kind of where I'm, I'm headed right now. I'm loving, if I'm going to have the drama and the juiciness of a story, I want it to be a story that creates something good in the world, not a story of woe is me.
0: Mm. Powerful. That could be a new time management strategy, non-suffering. Yes.
1: <laughs> if I You'll get more time back in your day.
0: <laughs> I was like, I am so bored. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. <laughs> You consult in Washington, D.C. for the federal government clients as well as the private sector. How do you see business and organizations shifting and bringing more conscious creation to life? And is there a difference? Is it different in the public and private sector, D.C. and outside of D.C.?
1: So, you know, I found this to be really interesting because I've consulted mainly
0: in Washington,
1: D.C. and California.
0: So two very...
1: Kind of, you know, DC, I would say conservative, um, go, go, go on it, achiever. California, I would say laid back, go with the flow, it's all good. And then federal government, obviously, I think there's just a lot of perceptions of federal government, federal government employees working for the federal government, all of that stuff. And I have to say that I have been amazed. I just finished up a three year culture change project for a bureau within the federal government. And I was doing literally spiritual practices with them. Now, mind you, I did not call it spiritual practices, but things that are part of my spiritual routine I was doing with folks and they just, they were open and they were just going with it. I really think we are in a time right now where people are looking for the light there is just the availability of just hearing chatter. The constant chatter is just available. If you can't sleep at night, log on. There's not, you don't even have to log on. My phone alerts me, Fantastic. I just how to turn it off. It alerts me to what's happening in the news. It just pops up right on my screen. I mean, there's just, you know, I, I joke about being bored earlier, I mean, you don't need to be bored. We we could possibly never be bored again because there's so much chatter. And what I've learned in my personal experience is the people who have worked on themselves to bring their light forward. And by work on yourself, I don't mean going on a six-year spiritual sabbatical. I'm just talking about, you know, five minutes every single day of just, connecting with yourself that could be meditation it could be reading could be reading the Bible for five minutes a day whatever that is where makes you kind of Center and remember that you're just a part of a larger picture people are looking for someone who has that light and it's been great for business again not my intention I did all this work on myself for my own reasons Mm -hmm. but uh, you know when you have that light within you and when you have that light within you, you create, you just, you bring that energy to everything that you do, whether it be photocopying or whether it be solving a really difficult situation for a client. It's not, it's not the solution I came up with. I mean, honestly, if I look at the solution to their problem in the project, it's okay. It's, it's fine. It's a good solution. It's all the people I touched along the way, and their shift, and their shift in mindset, it's working with the leaders and them looking at things differently. That's really what made the difference on this project. The deliverable was just pretty and nice Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. small in comparison.
0: You've worked with corporations, schools, teens, and kids, and you're a great auntie. (laughs) What's your experience of the younger generations and how easily they get it?
1: Oh my goodness. Our our younger generations totally get it. A and they don't have any of the messed up, warped mentality that we do. <laughs> they don't have our hang up and our baggage. They just you know, it's interesting because they communicate so differently. Have you noticed? Like they don't they don't have those long conversations. And so they really just communicate what needs to be communicated. They don't get into the story the way that you know, I feel like I do or, uh, you know, other generations do. So I just recently went to um, Breakthrough to Success, the training that Jack Canfield put on and there were a lot of 20 somethings, teenagers, 20 somethings in there. And it's interesting to watch them because they, they got the, they got the concept really quickly. And then they just wanted to go apply it. They didn't want to talk about how they were going to apply it or why they haven't applied it or, you know, why should they apply it or will, will it help me or will it, they just were like, okay, so, okay, so that's that's what, okay, so, okay, so I, I guess I'll, I'll do it. And so it's, it's interesting that um, we're doing that. And I really feel like I've just always looked to the next generation as my teachers. It's just kind of part of who I am. I don't think I ever consciously made that choice. I wish more of us would do that. They need the confidence that we see who they really are and their mm-hmm. ability to do things versus I just saw news. Again, I didn't read it, just flashed. This is the chatter I'm talking about that the next generation is not voting with absentee ballot because they don't know how to buy a stamp. <laughs> we just don't need that kind of that. There's too much of that out there mm-hmm. and not enough. Wow. You know, they figured out ways to do stuff that I would never have thought of doing and they're quicker and faster and more efficient at it. And then I I definitely think with the even younger generation, where I see with my niece and nephew still in elementary school, man, these are just powerful spiritual beings. They get being nice to everyone. They get playing well with others. They get treating people with respect in a way that, I don't know if all the adults in their lives understand at the level that they do. Yeah,
0: their hearts are wide open. Wide open, yeah. I've noticed also um, Am and I, our niece and nephews are the same age. Yeah. And with my niece... She was doing this thing. We were calling it buy sell trade, but she was taking her toys and giving them away on the bus. She wasn't selling them. She wasn't buying. It wasn't a trade. (laughs) And my sister was just like, Do you understand you're never going to see these toys again? And I asked her, I said, Why did you give your ponies to Peyton? And she's like, Well, I knew Peyton would really enjoy those ponies and I wanted her to have them. And it was like, Obvious. She, didn't, she would give away and right. it was the thought that this little her friend would enjoy and that was her only purpose was I you know I wanted to see her enjoy herself so <laughs> can you imagine what the world would be like if we all just did that you well know? it's like the new economy is going right. to be giving without expecting something in you know return anyway right. I was I was so enlightened by that I telling you, we can learn from them, right? Oh, I mean, absolutely. that
1: impacted you. Like You probably have made different decisions because of her. Yes.
0: Because of that one incident. And so, yeah, more of that, all of us, more of that. If you're ever feeling stuck or down, how do you get unstuck and lift yourself back up?
1: A big thing about me, and I, I know I spoke about this earlier, is when I'm, when I'm stuck, I just, I stay there. And what I do not do, and... I so recommend this is I do not interact with other human beings. I do not get on Facebook. I I don't look at Facebook. I don't get on Facebook. If I can move my coaching calls, I will move them. Usually my coaching calls actually make me feel so much better. I don't I can get present for the call and do that. But there are days where I'm like I'm just uh, I'm not here and I will move move my coaching calls if possible. But I avoid interacting with people. I mean, obviously I'm married. I live with somebody, I, you know, there are client meetings. There's, you know, there, there's people you have to interact with. I just keep it really short. And the biggest thing I've learned to do when I'm stuck for, and whatever yours is, choose your activity, is I will first go for a walk. And if that doesn't, that 100% of the time works if it's meant to work. <laughs> So if that still doesn't work and I still feel stuck uh, down, depressed, what the heck am I doing with my life? One of my favorite questions, what am I doing with my life? (laughs) If if I'm still in that, then I go and read. So I need to do something to distract myself. I will not sit there and think about it. And um, I definitely will not interact with others when I'm doing that.
0: Mm. You have a stellar money and abundance mindset. Where did this come from? Have you always had it? Or how, how did you build it and how do you sustain it?
1: Well, you know, I feel, I, I really credit my grandmother for some of the very early childhood programming. She's a very generous human being and I just remember her. When we were kids giving us five dollar bills and when i was very young that was a lot of money you could do, you could do a lot with five dollars so you know there was there was a lot she's always taking us out like the entire family out to kfc that was her favorite so just you know little little things like that but she was very generous um and uh you know i i grew up in a, in a household that did not have that abundance mindset my parents definitely did not have it they had a concerned about money. I, I distinctly remember as a child worrying. I, I, I had anxiety when we got to the checkout line at the grocery store because we paid for everything in cash. The credit cards weren't, didn't even exist back then. So, <laughs> you know, we paid with cash or a check. And I, I remember my mom literally like, you know, she, she we'd have a hundred dollars. That's, that was the budget for groceries. And she'd be watching as the numbers get closer. And I would be sitting here you know, kind of looking like, what would we take off? And, you know, that embarrassing feeling like the person behind you is going to be like, oh, we can't go over a hundred and all of that. So, so I definitely did not grow up with this, but what I learned was, and I learned this from my sister who from an early age always had very good jobs and made a ton of money. And I realized that she was very generous giving her money away. And so a conclusion that i came to in life and then started practicing was the more you give anything away the more of you more of it you get so i noticed that i always have tons of friends well i easily give away friendship i can meet anybody and you can be my friend there's no criteria or you know i'm having a party and i met you yesterday you're invited it's just that simple we're friends so i realized you know what you give away you get more of and so that's my abundance mindset i My business is built on it. I show up. I try to help people. I don't worry about if I'm going to get paid or not. I said, can't tell you how many plain conversations I've had where I've helped somebody with a business issue or a personal issue. And, you know, they say, I feel like I should pay you. And I said, it's not necessary. So I call it being present to serve. And it has two parts to it one is you have to be present. You have to be here in the moment to see what the opportunity is to be of service. Mm. The second is just that, be of service. And you can find, I mean, you can smile at somebody on the street. You can tell someone they look nice. You can, you know, someone says, how are you doing? You can make eye contact and say, I'm doing well. How are you? There are millions of ways that you can be of service to another person that doesn't cost a penny. And I guarantee you, you will get paid for it the universe will pay you for taking a moment to ask somebody how their day's going. It's I don't I don't know how it works. I don't even pretend to know how it works. All I know is it definitely works and I've got an ebook called Being Present to Serve filled with stories of hundreds of times I've shown up to do work for free and got paid for it mm-hmm. which was not the agreement and just crazy crazy stories about money showing up out of the blue. But that is a principle I live by.
0: Mm-hmm powerful, powerful lesson. What are you most proud of creating in your life?
1: You know, um, there's a little Wayne song, <laughs> and it's called How to Love. And uh, I love this song, by the way. It's like one of my favorite songs. And I realize, you know, no one teaches you how to love in life. You notice that? I mean, you get examples of Being loved or not being loved or neglect, or but no, there's no course, there's no criteria. There, there's just not even a system where it says, okay, this is how you actually love. And I think what I'm most proud of creating in my life is my own ability to love. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I, I personally feel like, as I mentioned, I'm a student of a course in miracles, and I think there's so much further for me to go on my ability to love. But I see how far I've come, and. Mm -hmm. How much judgment I've dropped, how much suffering I've dropped, dropped, how many stories I've dropped, how many beliefs about other people and what they should and shouldn't be doing, beliefs about myself and what I should and shouldn't be doing, my own level of self-compassion, self-love. That really is, out of everything I've created, my ability to hold that love. Really, everything you stand for, Christy, it's, you know, I'm calling it holding love, holding energy, whatever the the words are, it's the same thing, that Ability to be that container. I think that's the thing that I'm, I'm most proud of
0: creating. Amazing. What's next for you?
1: Next is more writing, writing, writing. I have um, the 30 day joy challenge, which anybody who's listening to this, it's a free program. Come on in and make a big dream come true. So I do that every April. And I have how, how can they get in touch with you? Lunch www.lunchwithcinderella.com from the time that I manifested having lunch with Cinderella at Walt Disney World. So lunch as in the meal with Cinderella as in the character.com. Yes, I do a lot of, I actually have a whole series of 30 day experiments in November. We're doing a 30 day gratitude challenge in December. We're doing a 30 day peace practice. There's a lot of 30 day stuff coming up for me, but really it's writing. I'm just, I'm into parable writing and I have a, a character who is, lovable and clueless and gets herself into uh, these (laughs) situations, you know, and and so I tell these, these stories, some of them are, they're all somewhat based on real stories, but they're either stories from my life or stories from my clients' lives, but told in a highly, think kind of Bridget Jones kind of sense of, of the, the pickle she gets herself in. And they all deal with perception, you know, they all deal with, having a good intention and being misunderstood or misseen or judged or really, you know, a a big thing about keeping your energy clear is realizing that other people's reaction to you have everything to do with them and nothing to do with you. And it's one thing to know that. And it's a second thing to be able to show up in a loving, compassionate way, even when somebody else is misbehaving. Mm. That doesn't mean stay there and give them a hug. It just means walk away in peace, walk away in love, and move on with your life. And then write about it in a funny story and cathartic release. (laughs) Are you publishing the stories? I am. I haven't figured out exactly what to do with them yet. So 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 it's to be be posted. (laughs) Yes, to be determined. They will get out there somehow. I have a blog on lunchwithcinderella.com. I've thought about maybe just putting them out as blog posts to get started um, just because they're being created and they're fun and that might be a fun stuff to do. But yes, blogging, writing, inspiring people, living a better life. I'm getting ready to go walk the beginning of the Camino in Spain and uh, that's been you've known me for a lot of years and you know i've been talking about doing this for a lot of years and yay yay so um i'm finally doing that and i really i feel like again i'm i'm opening up for a new level of i'm rising up to another level i feel it a hundred percent i thought i'd been playing full out and i think this is how you should feel in life i've been feeling like i'm playing full out and now i'm like whoa i'm not even near my potential like what have i been doing And that's good. That's how, that's when you know you're ready for the next step.
0: Amazing. So much wealth and wisdom here. I'm like going to put some of these practices into play starting today. So thank you so much for your inspiration. Thank you so much for having me on.
1: I really appreciate this. You know what? Can I say one last thing? Yes, you can. This is how you know you are on track. I had, I've had a great time talking with you today I had probably just as much fun thinking about talking with you today and I isn't that what we're talking about I yes. mean it's like every part of your preparing for something and executing on it should be like I can't wait oh my god what if I, I should talk about this and, and I didn't even talk about half the things I thought I was going to talk about because I was so present in the moment but like that joy that came from what I might even talk about
0: I really feel like that's what this is all about.
1: That creative energy.
0: Yes. Thank you for creating it with me today. (laughs) Thank you.
1: (laughs) Always a pleasure.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Amina, for your insights and wisdom. Visit Amina at fresnelconsult.com. That's F-R-E-S-N-E-L-C-O-N-S-U-N lt.com, where you can get the details on the 30 day joy challenge and purchase her ebook present to serve thanks for joining us on the pure creative force be inspired and go create something new today and if you enjoy the captivating mantra music check out our featured musical artist Osley. that's o s l e e underscore music on instagram